Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome to the Fan Afternoon Show. Scott Gratzky, CBS 58, joined by Sam Schmitz. We're coming to you live from Lakeland University Studios, offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. And our starting segment brought to you by BioNTech today and Pfizer. Charging a cell phone can be like getting a booster shot, a booster given to enhance or restore protection after a primary series vaccination, which wanes over time. Schedule an appointment when you are eligible. And Sam, before we get into Packers, I'd be remiss if I don't mention that we had the the milkshake song was just on with a, a promotion a couple minutes ago. Yeah, little Daniel update Vogelbach promo. came in with that uh, as his walk-up music today for the Mets, and God, I miss him. I do he, too. He was just there's really like there's really nothing. There was no we we didn't realize how good we had it until it was gone with Rowdy Tellez and Daniel Vogelbach yeah. on the same team. No, nah, and, and you didn't realize how good it was because it was like you know you. You go around any park in Wisconsin and you see beer league softball and you see both of them playing on the same team anyway. And so you just think, okay, well, the Brewers have one too. Nah. You know what disturbs me a little bit, though, with Daniel Vogelbach in the Mets right now? How good he is? He's that. But on top of that, like, he's wearing his batting gloves properly. You know, he's actually lacing them up. You know how he used to always come yeah. up to the plate yeah, with yeah. them, not, you know, not with the Velcro Maybe attached that's why and everything? He's playing so much better now. <laughs> I. He was pretty good with the Pirates this season too, man. But yeah, I mean, I miss. He wasn't bad here either. Yeah. He just he's he's on fire right now. He's in another good game today as well. If you want to talk Dan Vogelback for the you know next half hour, or so I'm totally fine yeah, with that. There's really no problem with ever talking <laughs> yeah. Dan Vogelback. As for his former team, the Brewers, they're uh, tied at two right now in the sixth inning against the Rays, trying to make it two in a row after that rough week last week. But we're going to go into Packers now, and as we get ready for the preseason, it's obviously going to be the Jordan Love show. There's a chance Aaron Rodgers might play in the second or third game for a couple of series. I think it's more likely he's not going to. Either way, the quarterback you're going to see the most stuff is going to be Jordan Love. And let's paint a picture here of a successful Jordan Love preseason. Let's say, Sam, that Jordan Love comes into San Francisco. He plays the first half. We'll give him two touchdowns, 65% completion percentage, 140 yards and, and a half. Does it again game two. Game three does it over the course of three quarters. What did the Packers do at that point? What should the Packers do at that point? It's funny. If you were to ask me this question a year ago, I would have said to probably trade Jordan Love just because at the time he had more years on his contract before the fifth option came up. But 
looking at this point at where we're at right now, I mean, look, if, if Jordan Love is going to be their quarterback for the future and they put this much time into him, at this point, I don't want to kind of take another shot on bringing in a free agent quarterback or bringing in or trading for somebody if they move on from Jordan Love. So if you, it's, I just think it's funny. If you asked me this a year ago, I would have said, you know, trade him, no hesitation. But now at this point, I've kind of talked myself into – I don't know if I'm a believer in Jordan Love, but I think I just want to actually go forth with the plan at this point if we're this far in. Well, and so much of it also depends on what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and whether or not they have an idea, and I don't think they do, whether they have an idea of if he's playing play three more years, five more years, one more year. So that that's an X factor here that we obviously can't, uh, can't account for. But to me, with, with Love... You're going to have to make the option soon be or the choice soon because of the fifth year option. And to me, if you're assuming Rodgers is going to be the quarterback for the next couple of years, which I, I think they have to be assuming that at this point, if you have a good preseason, you maximize his trade value. And I, I think you got to send him. I, I think whether it's for first round pick, second round pick, whatever it is, as long as it's not at the point where, you know, and it's the bottom of the barrel and you're trading Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold for a sixth, that's not okay if Jordan Love has a good preseason. But if he does, I I don't know. I, I, I think you have to at least be looking to send him somewhere, uh, certainly in the offseason, which we're a long way away from that. But certainly at that point, I think you have to be looking at it. I would be a little hesitant towards doing it now, not so much because of Jordan Love, but because of you know Danny Etling. I, I, I don't. Th- there's no one on the roster as much as everyone loved Kurt Benkert last year. No. He's not. He's not your backup quarterback. Etling is not your backup quarterback. And it's late enough now to where if Jordan Love does have a good three weeks, you can't trade him and get someone else to to come in right away and, and be able to be uh, a 1A or even a even a 2A quarterback. You're going to have someone who's a third stringer at best and a practice uh, squad guy at worst. So I, I think it's they've put themselves in a spot where it's going to be awfully hard to trade Jordan Love now. But I do think that if he has the the preseason you're hoping for, you can get good return on investment for him next year. I think this is really the last year of the window if you did trade Jordan Love to do it just because of the contract. Because I don't think after this season, no team's going to want to take on a quarterback with just one year and then going into next year, a fifth-year option. You could still do it, but you probably wouldn't get as big of a return. Whether no, people draft, the longer you hold it, the, the worse the return will be. Yeah, so I think, you know, despite – I think they should at least at this point – if they do, I, th- I think they should keep him at this point. But if they do trade him, yeah, I think we both realize that this is kind of the final year. We asked you guys on Twitter, at 1250AMTheFan on Twitter, or you can call in, 414-677-1250. If Jordan Love has a good preseason, what should the Packers do with him? Uh, Aaron says, ask him what he wants to do. If he's comfortable sitting behind Rodgers for another two to four years and just getting paid to be there, then keep him. If he wants to play, you might have to trade him, which I guess we didn't really kind of uh, – we haven't even thought of, like, what does the camp of Jordan Love want? I know they are, they're always I, the trying camp to put Jordan. There's no way he's going to be good with let's sit for five years. And yeah. Play. And, and by the way, there's no way the Packers are going to be okay with paying him knowing that he's just going to be sitting. Cause eventually it, it's not like he's getting paid a little bit right now. He's still a first round pick. He's still got a good salary, but the amount he's going to get, if they do pick up a fifth year option, the amount he's going to get, if they do give him an extension for a couple of years, you're not able to have that much money tied up in two different quarterbacks to only be playing one of them at this point. So I, I don't I don't know that waiting it out another couple of years is a is a realistic option for him unless he has a bad preseason 
and then his value goes down, and then he could sign for a cheaper uh, contract to stay here as well. But I, I would imagine if you're Jordan Love and the Jordan Love camp, even if he has a bad preseason, he's going to want whatever his next contract is, whatever his next team is, he's going to want to have at least a chance to compete for the starting job, even if he doesn't look like he deserves it. Brock on Twitter says they've invested so much in him, they should hold on to him and keep him as their as their parent, heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. He'd be about 26 when he'd take over, which is still really young for overall for a quarterback, which. Yeah, and it worked for Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, it, it does work it, it occasionally. Um, it, you don't get to see it that much because teams usually don't have the patience and the ability to be as patient as the Packers were able to with Favre and now with Rodgers. But I, it's just it's a lot to have tied up if you think Rodgers is going to be the quarterback of the Packers in 2024. 2023 2025 then you kind of it forces the hand a little bit so i i think if they can get a a good preseason out of love i I think you you try to send him out for as much as you can whenever you can but right now you definitely need to get a second quarterback back in the uh the deal because you're just you're not going into the you're not going into the season with Etling on the 53 that's the thing if there if there was a quarterback class coming up that i knew that there was some studs there were some guys coming up that were ready, you know, like uh, Trevor Lawrence or something like that, despite the pa- the fact that the Packers won't have the first overall pick. Like, if I knew it was a deep quarterback class, oh, no. Oh, no, Scott. That's not good. Uh-oh, here we go. Where is it? <laughs> Once again, you will hear that. That is a flock of peacocks, myself, Kavika and Maui, and Doug and Racine. If something bad happens, if something good happens in the Brewer game, you will hear this. <laughs> That is Rami Makhlouf with his Zagruta. Uh, Randy Rosarena, solo home run. Tampa Bay Rays now lead 3-2 to two against the Milwaukee Brewers in the top of the seventh inning. Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show coming up after the game here on The Fan. But, yeah, going back to Jordan Love, if if I knew that there was a deep quarterback draft class coming up, I think that would make it a little easier because at this point I don't want to have to take a shot on one of these quarterbacks that are fighting for a job and, like, fighting for – a starting job in the NFL right now. Like Daniel Jones is going to be on the cutting block after this year. I mean, I'd, I don't want to, I'd rather just, you know, if I had to move on from Jordan Love, I think I'd want to draft a quarterback rather than take a shot on some of these veteran quarterbacks to take over and be, uh, I guess, be the stopgap for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, I, I think if, you know, next year I don't mind Daniel Jones being on the roster as a backup to Rodgers. I do mind if Daniel Jones is a, a backup and an heir apparent, yeah. uh, which that I don't think is what it would be. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to see the Packers drafting another quarterback in the first round. Let's say they did trade uh, Love. I don't think they'd make that mistake again while Rodgers is still there. But you can take a guy in a second, third round draft and develop a little bit with it. All right. Let's go on Facebook and see what the people are saying. Once again, 414-677-1250. should probably put up a poll, too. I'll put up a poll that says keep, trade, or other. Uh, let's see. Todd says keep developing him. Simple. Thomas says make him the starter. Okay. Yeah, that's not going to happen this year. No. Uh, another Todd says, you people that say trade him are ridiculous. Okay. No really uh, rhyme or reason there. Okay. And then last but not least, uh, Nick on Facebook says, keep him. Rodgers is on a one-year is on a year-to-year basis. I'd rather have him and love at quarterback prospect as or journeyman quarterback. So I think he's kind of been on, on the same page of what we were talking about the last couple minutes there. Yeah, and again, anything in this trade conversation, the two things that we can't account for is, one, what are the offers? And two, what is Aaron Rodgers' future? What is Aaron Rodgers? What do the Packers think Aaron Rodgers' future is? Because it's a beautiful mystery, to quote himself. And yeah. uh, 
we'll see. But uh, to me, I, I think that if you can get something right now, you, you got to do it uh, as long as you're expecting Rodgers to be at least here for some of that three-year deal. Because that was what the last time he talked about it, which, again, he talks about his future, we'll call it once every three weeks. Uh, the last time I think he said three or four more years is roughly what yeah. he's looking at. It's kind of like his you know, latest podcast. It's just kind of a journey. You never know where you're going to go. Yeah. You never know where you're going to end up. When you, Aaron Rodgers talks about his career. But, hey, not going to end up getting uh, suspended or in trouble by the NFL for, for any <laughs> uh, substance abuse policy stuff. So that's that's a positive. Yeah, at least there's that. So we shall see. I mean, yeah. I'll put up a poll, and we'll read the results as we go throughout the show. Throughout the show, And if we come back later on after the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show, we'll continue to bring this back for pick a lane. But – in the meantime, we should probably hit a break, and then we'll come back with more. All right. Yeah, we'll be back with a little more Jordan Love Talk uh, coming up here on the Fan Afternoon Show, 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon Show. Scott Gratzky and Sam Schmitz. This segment brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. Charging a cell phone can be like getting a booster shot, a booster given to enhance or restore protection after a primary series vaccination, which wanes over time. Schedule an appointment when you are eligible. Talking Packers football, talking Jordan Love. What do you do with him? What should you do with him? If he has a good preseason and now Sam, let's, let's talk. What is a good preseason for Jordan love? I, I think I, I, the numbers I laid out for ideal, I think make sense around 150 yards, two touchdowns, 65% completion percentage for a half of football. That makes sense. But more than anything to me, I, I want to see him look comfortable. I, I feel like we haven't seen much of him in game action, but when we did against the lions and against the chiefs, Comfortable is not the word I would use to describe how that looked. No. The only highlight I really remember from the Chiefs game is that throw to Mercedes Lewis that was such a bad idea that it's it's terrifying. Um, it was it was like a Brett Farvian idea, except, you know, you're a week into your NFL starting quarterback career. Uh, that level of, we'll call it poise, that you, you have grown to expect from Rodgers, you certainly didn't see it from Love, and it's not fair to expect it from Love in his first career start. But that's what I would like to see. I would like to see more control. I would like to see him seem more in command of the offense this week. Yeah, because, I mean, look, he's got a couple regular season games under his belt. He had the preseason despite being injured last year during it. But with all that being in mind and then a couple of years you know, under Aaron Rodgers' belt, you would think that at this point he wouldn't get too skittish and all that. So I, I agree with you on that. But I think for me, too, it's going to be a little tough because he's going to be working with you know second and third stringers and all that. But – the turnovers for me are, are a big thing mm-hmm. that if he if he comes out clean and doesn't have any turnovers, especially after this week and all throughout the preseason, I'm expecting like one, you know, if somebody if it's a tip ball or whatever off of somebody's hands, like, OK, but I won't really you know criticize him too much for that. Um, no, but, and you're going to see some. I mean, it's yeah. not that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time, at least from the lens of avoiding turnovers. It, there, there's going to be a shift. I mean, right. It's it's not like turnovers were something Brett Favre was allergic to. But there was one I remember in the first preseason game last year against the Texans where I forgot exactly what happened, but he like you know, I think got hit from behind in the sack and just fumbled it. So mm-hmm. stuff like that where we you are in control of the turnovers. I mean that's that's going to be the big thing too because I think that goes along with the poise what you're talking about. But yeah, as far as I'm not looking for him to stuff the stat sheets and all that in the preseason just because I mean it, it is the preseason at the end of the day, but. I think that's for me the biggest thing, along with along with what you said, the poise and all that. But on top of that, cutting down on the turnovers, and if he can be pretty much perfect and not turn the ball over at all, I mean that's gonna that's gonna speak volumes to I think his confidence. And look, nothing happens in a vacuum. Uh, Jordan Love has gone through a first two and a half years unlike any other. Uh, he has gone through it 
in the middle of COVID during his uh, the the start of his career. He went through it when there was the Aaron Rodgers holdout, but everyone kind of knew he was probably going to be back at some point. But Love was still QB one. Then he went through having his first career start be because of COVID and be completely out of the blue. And now he's going to be going in these preseason games where. Yeah, he, he's a, a third-year guy and should be in a better position, but he's still going to be in front of an offensive line that is very young, is very not starter-driven for most of the game, if all of it. He's going to have receivers who are not exactly Devontae Adams anymore. Uh, I would imagine A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones both don't play a snap, uh, at least in Game 1. So it, it, it's not it's not like he's exactly set up to to look great. But he's playing against second stringers on defense too, and it's it's a first round pick. the The bar is always raised when it's a first round pick, and it's that much more because of everything that happened with Aaron Rodgers over the last uh, 365 days. Once again, four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. If you guys want to call in, or you can tweet us at twelve fifty. And the fan, we put up a poll too. If you want to vote on that, what should the Packers do with Jordan Love if he has a good preseason? The options are keep or trade. So far, it's very early in the voting, but seventy nine percent say keep. Uh, we got a couple more responses as well. Medicine Man says keep him. At most, they would get a fourth rounder for him this year, which doesn't do anything for me. They would get a comp- uh, compens- you know, compensatory pick for him after next season anyways. That's that's kind of a big thing, too, is if you do trade him, what are you going to get in return? Yeah, I, I think if you're talking fourth, fifth, sixth round picks, the kind of stuff that was the return for Baker Mayfield uh, and uh, Sam Darnold, then yeah, it, it, if he looks good, you're holding on to him and, yeah. and you're hoping you can do better in the offseason. Or uh, medicine man is right, and uh, and you're you're looking at a, a comp pick at some point anyway for it. So I think if that's the case, that's fair. I think the only time where I would be looking to trade him right away and not in the off season is one if you can have a second quarterback that you whether it's off the street, off of uh, the team you're trading with, someone who can come in and be a competent backup to Rodgers, but also it's going to need to be a situation like we've seen a couple of times where we'll say not to wish this on someone who's already had his injury history, but we'll say Joe Burrow gets hurt. A team is desperate and you have a second round pick as an offer. Yeah. Then you start thinking about it. Right. And someone is going to get hurt. It happens every year. I don't know if that team is going to be looking for Jordan love. And again, it entirely depends on how he actually looks on the field. But uh, I, I think as we learned from the the brewers there, there's always a price and you can always be listening to see what the offers are. So I, I think it's at least something that you want to go in with your eyes open on. But again, all of this is predicated on Jordan Love having a good preseason showing, a couple of good preseason showings, because based on that Chiefs game, no one's trading you a second round pick for him. No, I mean, that's the thing too. I mean, you, you trade it up to get this guy too in the draft and you're not, you're never going to get a first round pick in return for him unless he just blows the doors off of everything. And, but that's not happening. And, you're never going to get probably a second-round pick, like you said, unless somebody gets injured and a team is in desperate need. But especially, too, just with the contract, how after this season he's only got another year and then he's due the fifth-year option. I mean, nobody's going to want to trade high-capital draft picks for that. So I, I agree with you there. I mean, that's why I'm kind of in the camp of keep him, but it's it's kind of funny. Last year, I think I was in the camp of trade him with, you know, two years, three years under contract mm-hmm. and then the fifth-year option. Uh, David on Twitter at 1250 AM, the fan says, keep him, no question. It seems somehow at some point Packers fans decided don't need a capable backup QB. I don't get the hate for love. 12 can get injured with the O-line may needing uh, three quarterbacks before this season is over with. Well, and that's that's where the backup quarterback needs to be a, a part of this factor if you're talking about trading love right now. I, I got to tell you, I, uh, I've i been covering Packers football. This will be my seventh season. 
by far my favorite thing I do in my entire job is I, I shoot some of the Packers games, so I'm on the field for them. I've been on the field during the, those eight-game stretch where it was Deshaun Kaiser. I've been there for the stretch where it was Brett Hundley. It's a preseason game. It's absolutely brutal. And I don't know if Jordan Love is better than those guys. None of us do at this point. I was yeah. there for the Chiefs game, too. It wasn't better. But you hope at least he can be. And you definitely can't go into it with a situation where you know you're in that spot again. Because Aaron Rodgers is not, despite what a lot of uh, Packers fans may think, he's not bulletproof. I mean, he he has had injuries. He has had long-lasting injuries. And, man, were those those games tough to watch. Yeah. It was, that was real, real hard to watch. And this year, this Packers team is set up for success without Rodgers a lot better than they were four years ago, five years ago with the running game and the defense. But still, that that is uh, there, there's no coming back from from having Deshaun Kaiser under center for eight games. No, and the Brett Hundley era too. I mean, I, I yeah, don't want to go through that again. But hopefully, you do have a guy that you can rely on if somebody does get injured, like Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, I mean, I like you said, there, it, you can't really take much out of the preseason because it's kind of like you know, if somebody has a good spring training in, in baseball, it's like well, okay, it doesn't really matter all that much because it's, it's a completely different game come regular season time. So I'm right there with you, but I just, I, it, I just really am kind of in the fact that if you've gone this far with Jordan Love, what's the point of trying to find another quarterback with who knows how long Aaron Rodgers is going to be here? Is it just after this year? Is it two years? I don't think he's ever going to reach that third year, but that's, that's in my opinion, there's so many things that go into the Jordan Love factor, but just not knowing what's up with Aaron Rodgers, I think is the biggest one. Well, and we'll see too with, uh, with Love, if there is the start of a connection of a uh, Jordan Love, Romeo Dobbs, that might be the future for yeah. the Packers. Uh, Samori Toure might be the future of the Packers. Also might be cut. We'll see. <laughs> um, but uh, it'd be nice if you could see Christian Watson in the first game. Obviously that will not be happening. My guess is you probably won't see much, if any, of uh, Sammy Watkins and Alan Lazard. There's no way he's going to play in that game, in my opinion. But uh, it, it'll, uh, to me, the receiver stuff, uh, what, what's your take on, let's say, Dobbs plays poorly in this game and a couple other the receivers play better? Does that outweigh the practice stuff? We hear all the time from general managers, and I know Brian Gudikins talked today as well, GMs all the time talk about how they, they see for real what happens when the lights are on. They see for real when there's pads on, when there's actual contact. But then you have Aaron Rodgers talking about how he doesn't really care all that much about the preseason. The practice reps are the ones that matter. So to me, I, I always, you know, growing up watching football, I always assumed that for the young guys, the preseason stuff, the most important, uh, especially defensively, because you have to be able to actually tackle. But at this point for the Packers, I don't care that much what Romeo Dobbs does in the preseason. As long as Rodgers is happy with what he's doing in practice, fine. That works for me. Yeah, I mean, the only thing would be that would be concerning for me is just if there was continuous drops and stuff that just seems so unnatural for Romeo Dobbs because, like you said, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard when you have other people around you that are that are third or fourth stringers. So I'm not making too much of, of the rookie wide receivers. I mean, look, at, at this point, even if somebody has a good preseason in that wide receiver room, that honestly doesn't mean much to me. Because come regular season time, if their number gets called up, I mean, we saw Jawan Winfrey, who was the darling of, you know, mm-hmm. preseason training camps and stuff like that. He gets called up and it unfortunately. Was good last preseason was Devin Funches too, actually. Yeah. And then doesn't even make the team. So it's just such a different world, you know, preseason and, uh, you know, regular season time. The, the only thing I would be concerned about, honestly, is if you hear bad news about some of these rookie wide receivers in the joint practices. I think mm-hmm. then, I would, then, then the red flags might be a little more concerning. But yeah, I mean. 
these games, you just don't want to see like blatant issues that there's just very obviously like red, you know, red flags and all that. So I'm, I'm not too worried about the regular, not the regular, the preseason games for these guys. Yeah. Well, and we'll see what ends up happening. And for Dobbs, I think I, no matter what it is, we have to rein in what it's been over yeah. the past two weeks. It's Romeo been, Dobbs uh, is not going to be an all pro this year. I it's, see all the people on Twitter too, that are hyping up Romeo Dobbs. Like none of them are talking about all that much. Like, the, the drops and some of the stuff it's almost they, they almost make it seem like he's the perfect wide receiver yeah and, and it happens it happened with Jeff Janis it happened with Jay Kumaro uh it and please don't play the Janis cut again <laughs> I mean it's um it's, it's contractually obligated every time somebody right, brings up Janis all right I'll find it yeah, uh, but we, we, we've seen it before there have been receivers that Packers players have fell in love with with Kumaro there have been receivers that Packers fans have fell in love with. Honestly, I think everyone wanted Jared Aberderis to be the next great thing because he was the Wisconsin connection, too. It does. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It doesn't always work just because it's good in the preseason and good in training camp, but it is great to see at least that, you know, it's a lot better sounding at camp than it was, what was it, four years ago when the Packers drafted three receivers? And Aaron Rodgers was not happy with the way that things went for those three receivers as rookies. It's at least a much more promising era now. And here is Jeff Janis. Janis! Jeff Janis! Janis! Jeff Janis! 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 Jeff Janis! Janis! Thank you for letting me do that. Yeah, you're welcome. That's, uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna head to a break right now. We'll have uh, draft mockery coming up next. We're, what are we doing? We're doing uh, movie star cage match, right? Yeah, any character that is in a movie, they're eligible. We'll be doing a cage match version of that for draft mockery. Now, technically, if I if I have like a DVD of a Packers season and Jeff Janis played in that season, does I'm he cool count? With that. I'm cool with that. Okay, and I have first pick, so that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> That's coming up next on the Fan Afternoon Show. Come on now and try to understand the way this popcorn feels in my hand. Take a scoop and put it in your mouth and eat some now. Yes, eat some now. Yes, eat some now. Ow, 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 ow. Go! You have some nights, gourmet popcorn. Try that night, gourmet popcorn. 
cherry sweet corn or Milwaukee mix. You gotta have Nat's Gourmet Popcorn. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Time for Draft Mockery, brought to you by Night's Gourmet Popcorn, providing you with the freshest gourmet popcorn and the best music in Milwaukee since 1952 and 2022, respectively. Mention 1250 AM The Fan for 20% off. With a recap of yesterday's Kevin Holden dominated performance, <laughs> here's Sam Schmitz. We did call it, and uh, Kevin Holden ended up winning yesterday's draft. We drafted office characters. I, think I was too close to you, too. I, I, my team was much better than yours, but it didn't matter. Right. People, people kept on complaining, like, oh, my God, I can't believe Sam took Jim with the first with his first pick. It's like, it doesn't matter, because Kevin Holden ended up winning with 75% of the vote. Yeah. Scott, you finished in second with 14%. I finished in third with 11%. Still not as bad Crushed you. as Tim close. Shea, who finished with uh, 2% one time in the draft. People don't forget. The standings now are in draft mockery. I'm still in the lead with 11.5 wins. Toby Altizer, our guest is in second place with six. Then Kevin Holden leapfrogging Tim Allen once again, now up to third place with four and a half wins. Tim Allen with four in fourth place. Tim Shea is in fifth place with three wins. Bart Winkler and Stephanie Sutton tied in sixth place with two each. And then in seventh place is Evan Heffelfinger, Adam Roberts, and Scott Grotsky, all with one. Today's draft, we will be drafting a cage match, but of movie characters. Literally, no restrictions. If they have been in a movie, anything that qualifies as a movie, they are eligible for a cage match. The draft order for today will be Scott Grotsky. You will have the first pick. I will have the second pick. And Toby Altizer, by the way, welcome to the show. How you doing? You will have the third pick. All right? Any questions? Sounds good. We're all good. All right, Scott Grotsky. It's not not the one to have the first pick in. uh, I I have no idea where I want to go on my list here. I at least made a big board for this one. Mm. It's a ton of first-round picks here. It's a deep draft. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm going to go with a character that I honestly hate because there's no depth to the character at all. By the way, shockingly, huge nerd. Uh, <laughs> we'll go Superman. Damn. Yeah. Mm. Despise Superman. That was uh, that was going to be my first pick. You were doing to me what uh, Kevin Holden did to you, and then Tim Allen did the day before that. Yeah, that was that was rough. So now I'm completely caught off guard, but I will go with. With another superhero, give me Hulk for my first Ooh, pick. Ooh, I like sure. it. Toby Altizer. All right. Promise Hulk will take out the rest of your team. All right, I'm gonna. Yeah, g- but at least you know I'll have somebody you know <laughs> that's last standing on my team. Therefore, yeah. I win. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah so. one big old right. dude. Um, with my first pick, I'll go with King Kong. <laughs> okay, Toby. What? <laughs> King All Kong right. is bigger than the Hulk. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. I didn't even have King Kong on my draft board. I, I want did, you to know not. that. <laughs> How could you not have King Kong? It's overrated. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Hey, the funny thing is you, you asked like 20 minutes ago yeah. if you can have non-humans, and I still couldn't think of who you were trying to think I of. I know. Apparently it's that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott Grotsky, back uh, to you I'm for go... movie character cage match. Do they get their weapons? Yeah. Why All not? Right. I'll go uh, Neo from The Matrix. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. You know, I wasn't thinking about this one until Toby Altizer had his terrible first-round draft pick. <laughs> and why he didn't draft this one first, oh. I don't get. Oh, that was dumb. I, can, I, can I recant my pick and take who you're oh, about I to take? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Godzilla. Yeah, yeah that's, that's <laughs> okay. Mm. All right. Uh, Toby Altizer, back to you. I'm going to go Optimus Prime. All right. Now that's a good pick. Yeah. I, I'm good with Optimus Prime. Uh, it's, it's, it's better. It's better. I'm, I don't know how like King that. Kong's such a terrible pick. I mean, like... Why? You what do you know? mean, why? He's beating Superman. All right, fair enough. 
All right, um, Scott Krotsky. I had knee on mine now too. Now I gotta. I, t- uh, I think I have too big of a draft board in this one. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm worried. I have too many humans on my draft board now because I don't know how any of my guys are beating Godzilla. <laughs> just, That's, uh, God, just, Godzilla is a real big trump card. It just uh, turned into like a you know a monster cage match. And all that. Uh, we'll go. We'll go Darth Vader. Yeah, mm, that's a good one. Yeah, I had that one on my board. All right, fair enough. Uh, with my third pick, I will go with. Well, Darth Vader kind of makes this tricky now. I don't know how I'm gonna. I guess I'll. Do I just combat and do that? Do I do the antithesis of what you just took? I mean, kind of like could, what Toby you could did. Do Luke. Yeah, because like I feel like, you know, Darth Vader might have a chance against Godzilla and all that. So like, there's only one way to defeat you, and that's just with the power of. Uh, heart and family, <laughs> the, pow- the power of plot armor. Because yeah. Darth Vader is definitely a much stronger character, and we're we're not doing the movie. We're doing we're doing just cage match. Right, but I mean, I, I, there's really no way to take down uh, a Jedi, so I'm gonna have another Jedi. So fair enough. I, I did have Luke Skywalker on my board though, so I'm gonna go with Luke Skywalker. Toby, your third oh. pick in the superhero cage match. Um, it's not even superhero. Oh, geez. Yeah, just it turned, it, it turned into a superhero, but like you know, the movie character cage jeez. match is what I meant to say. I'm just trying to think of what other like non like you're gonna go with Littlefoot from uh, <laughs> Ra- Land Before Time. You're gonna go with Ratatouille. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Remy. Um, it's, how do you know the name too? I don't even know. That's name. my favorite movie. Oh my god. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love Ratatouille, dude. Love that movie. I've watched that movie way more than any other movie. <laughs> my god. <laughs> Why did we pick you today? Um, let's see. Gonna, this is literally this isn't season this isn't season three of Draft Mockery, Toby. This is back to what you were before. Oh, Dude, King Kong is a good pick. Optimus Prime is a good pick. <laughs> I don't know if this next one's a good pick, but I need something to counter those, and I'm not gonna go Star Wars, but I need something that can, I guess, work with it. Give me Doctor Strange. Alright. Eh, good one. Good one. I mean he Not get, gonna lie. He he gets constantly beaten in his own movies, but you know. Right, whatever. exactly. I mean alright. He, well, did, he mean, didn't. He didn't even really save the day in the, his last movie. So no, no, no. no. Kind of just said, "Here, you take it." <laughs> not trying to spoil anything. It's uh, okay. It's not worth watching. All right, back to the final round in today's movie character night's gourmet popcorn draft mockery. Scott Grotsky, your last pick. So, am I allowed to completely and totally pander? Because I was joking when I was thinking about this, and now I'm yeah. actually. I, I, I'm but gonna go. Uh, if I'll... you think they'll actually beat these characters, I mean, more power to you. Because when we did animal cage matches, I thought like, you know, what's the most deadliest animals in the world? You know, like orca whales up there. But then people are like, well, there's no water in the cage match. So how's what's the orca gonna do? So. You may pander, but people are probably going to take this a little too seriously. All right. Well, I'm going to try pandering anyway because I can't beat Godzilla otherwise. I, I, I'm really upset with the Godzilla pick. Um, Blame Toby. That's all on him. Man. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, one of my dad's favorite movies, uh, Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll go with Clay Matthews, please. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Oh, man. I um, am really trying to figure out what I want to do here. For By the way, that's not day. a joke. My dad loves that series. I don't blame him. I still haven't seen it though. I've just seen the scene with the Packers in it. Yeah, the the, the first movie is all right. The other two are just just trash. Oh man, where do I go from here? Um, give me. I'm gonna go a little uh, Ripley here. I'm gonna go with the Queen Alien here from uh, Aliens. How about that? All right. Oh Toby. man, I don't know what to take here. Um, because no matter what, you're gonna hate my pick. There's some decent options left. Yeah. Yeah, just you know, I'm not mad, Toby. I'm just disappointed. I thought I had a good pick. 
I haven't seen King Kong versus Godzilla. I don't know the difference. Neither between I. The two. So I mean, I, once you once you've seen the trailer, you've kind of seen the whole movie. I, I think King Kong ends up winning. Honestly, I I, I don't. Yeah, I haven't exactly. seen it, but I think there's something like. Now we're talking. It, it's the same thing of like Batman, Superman, Superman loses. Yeah. I thought it would have ended like they both, you know, realized that their mother was named the same thing and then yeah. went their separate also ways. Also, Batman, Superman. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh let's go with someone who's good at killing. I don't think this is. If you're gonna go with Clay Matthews, I can go with a human. Give me Freddy Krueger. Jeez, Toby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, There's some decent ones left out there. I was going to do John yeah. Wick, possibly, or yeah, Thanos I mean, is go, the last one. You could but, go Wick. Uh, Clay you Matthews go was just there. I think we could do, because we're doing uh, Coach Clichés tomorrow with Bart Winkler. I think we could do a, a, another version with uh, Notebook Mike on Friday. We could just do, like, human beings as opposed to, like, Thank how, you. That's what I was hoping we would do today. It's not my fault. You, li- I, we literally yeah, you, gave- you went off the board. We were all yeah. on humans. I literally gave you, like, three hours to prepare for this. I this was well prepared. I have all types of humans on this thing. Jeez, Toby. All right. A quick recap. I don't recap. know why you're hating on King Kong. <laughs> I don't think it's a first-round pick is all I'm saying. How not? He literally had Superman, Toby. How, do you, how is King Kong going to take down Superman? Superman's not taking down King Kong. I mean, he kind of is. No, he's not. Uh, King Kong doesn't have the resources to get Kryptonite. All right. Um, Scott, a quick recap <laughs> of the teams. Scott Krotsky, your team, Superman, Neo, Darth Vader, and Clay Matthews. I love how Clay Matthews is just there. <laughs> just probably just, just probably, just probably, in the background in the corner of the cage match, just like whipping his hair around, doing the water bottle thing, and then flipping it back. All right. My team consists of the Hulk, Godzilla, Luke Skywalker, and the Queen Alien. Uh, Toby, your team consists of King Kong, Optimus Prime, Doctor Strange, and Freddy Krueger. Oof. (laughs) Those are the teams. You guys can vote on that in a couple minutes when I put them up for Night's Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery. Once again, Night's Gourmet Popcorn providing you with the freshest gourmet popcorn in Milwaukee since 1952. Make sure to mention 1250 and the fan for 20% off when you go there. Scott Krotsky, what do we got coming up next? Uh, coming up next, we're going to go back into Packers a little bit. We're going to go into Aaron Rodgers' his last press conference and what uh, what his thoughts are moving forward in the season and moving forward in the preseason, how much, if any, you will see him play over the next couple of weeks. That's coming up next on the Fan Afternoon Show. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Never miss a moment from the fan again with the free Odyssey app. You can download the Fan Afternoon Show and listen whenever and wherever works best for you. Scott Gradsky alongside Sam Schmitz just wrapped up a, another losing effort of draft mockery for me. I don't know how this one's going to go. This could really go any which way. I, I feel like the pandering Clay Matthews pick was a mistake the more I think about it. I, I probably should have gone with Thanos. I understand why you did, and I yeah. respect the pandering because uh, one time we did a draft of what was it, most popular current MLB players? And, like, Tim Allen, I think Toby were both drafting, like, you know, Shohei, Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna, Tatis. And meanwhile, I'm literally taking a team of, of Vogelback, you know, Brett Phillips, and all these, like, sure. former Brewers and all that. And I ended up winning, so who knows? But I'll put that up in a couple of minutes here. But in the meantime, when Aaron Rodgers talks, we have to let you guys hear it, I guess. I thought about doing an Aaron Rodgers, or not an Aaron Rodgers one. I thought about doing a Nicholas Cage uh, yeah, uh, picking Connor. the uh, cage match too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. whether whether it would have been Cameron Poe or just I honestly I, I was thinking about just saying Nicholas Cage and leaving it at that. Yeah, because um, I mean, but, I know. think what Nick Nick Cage played himself in, in his was last a good movie, movie too. I got to see that. Yeah, I watched it on uh, I watched it on a plane. I don't remember why I was. Oh yeah, I watched it on a plane like a month ago. But I mean, the dude acts like everything's on fire, so that's a very formidable opponent. I think you know, I think everything is on fire for him. I think he lives in a different reality <laughs> yeah. than we. 
do, and it's just it's it is constantly burning. And uh, you know what? It works for him. And I gotta say, Rogers did nail the it, when, when he decides to to do a, a costume, he gets it. I don't he, know why he was great with John Wick. He was great as Cameron Poe. Is this why you brought it up? I literally am on my Twitter feed right now for at twelve fifty in the fan. Why we have this up here? I'm not sure why we follow this person, but we literally have the picture of Aaron Rodgers uh, dressed as, up as Cameron Poe. Yeah, well, there's no reason not to have that picture. That that should be like a, a once a day type thing. Yeah, I'll just make it as my background. Why not? Sure. There you go. All right. Well, as for the actual football part of Aaron Rodgers, we'll we'll hear from him uh, on the uh, upcoming week, upcoming couple of weeks in the season. We'll start out with uh, as we're looking into the preseason. He's obviously not playing week one. Does he want to play at all? What would his reaction be if Matt Lafleur asked him to play? I don't see any benefit to it. I definitely don't see any benefit to playing one series. Um, you know, if we're going to play, we should play and play. A quarter, a couple series, two or three series. If we're going to just suit up for four plays, to me, is a waste. So, and I'm not saying this to send a message to Matt. I've already told Matt the same thing. So we'll see what happens when we when we get there. Um, it'd be nice if that were the case, if Kansas City was playing some of the guys too. But, you know, when you have a, a stinker like we did last year in week one, there's always going to be the second guessing of what happened at training camp. Should we have played more? Should we have played in the first game, the second game? Whatever it might be. Um, I don't want to overreact to that. Matt doesn't either. But if we feel like we need to go out there and play a quarter or, or more, you know, that'll be Matt's call. I'm sure he'll lean on me and Big Dog and, and Alan and some of the older guys uh, to see what they're thinking. But if we play, we should play and not just play three plays, three runs, and punt it. That doesn't do anything for any of us. And- when he talks Kansas City, he's talking about the third and final preseason game, and the stinker last year was that uh, season opener against the Saints in Jacksonville where they just kind of got obliterated. Sam, I think you and I are on the same page from from last uh, yesterday's show. I, I don't think we need to see Aaron Rodgers. At least I certainly don't need to see Aaron Rodgers in the next couple of weeks. No, because at the end of the day, I mean, although they had that stinker against the Saints in Jacksonville in week one, at the end of the day, they got the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah. So they figured things out. It ended up working out pretty well, despite the only thing is obviously you can you can combat that with well they had Devontae Adams last year and they don't have you know the real number one wide receiver this year so the, I guess you could argue that but I think Rodgers and them they'll they'll figure it out in training camp and other things like that. I will say I would like to see some of the starters playing a little bit more. I would like to see the defensive starters playing. That was a big part of the problem in in uh, and I was going to say New Orleans against New Orleans, but in Jacksonville. Uh, it was <laughs> James Winston was just picking them apart, and that's not a sentence that should ever be uttered. So I, I would like to see that. I, I would certainly like to see the offensive line, obviously not Jenkins and, and Bakhtiari, but I would like to see the younger offensive line getting a chance. Uh, but really one of the bigger chances that everyone in the first-team offense will have is up the next couple of weeks uh, when they have their joint practices for two days against the Saints. What's the biggest test for them? I mean, I think it's every day that we go against our ones. You know, I said it day one, no pads. We had a pretty good day. Since then, defense has been pretty good just about every other day. And it's important for us to take our lumps because there's a lot of positions that are up for grabs. Uh, up front, you know, at, at the tackle position with, with Dave and, and Elton, you know, nursing their injuries and coming back whenever they can. Tight end, there's a lot of opportunities. Running back behind A.J. and, and Aaron, there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, receiver a lot of opportunities so this is this is great film and great practice going against that defense um, Saints will be interesting you know you never know what you're going to get when we played the Texans a couple years ago it was very basic stuff 
They I mean, I remember a period in the red zone, they were dropping eight like every single play. I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> are we actually getting some work in? But then last year against the Jets, you know, I feel like it was pretty pretty intense. Uh, they ran some different stuff. You know, that was maybe the familiarity with uh, Coach Sala and, and, and Coach LaFleur. But we'll see what happens. The Saints, you know, and Dennis, they've been very aggressive defense. So we'll see how they play in the, in the two days we're together. Hopefully we don't have a lot of fights, but I would assume there's going to be a couple. Yeah, I would assume there will be two. Rodgers has never, at least from the start of it, never been a huge fan of those joint practices, and that's part of the reason why you know there's going to be a fight. Usually it's it's sort of like a baseball fight where it's just everyone stand around and look how tough I am. There's Hold not me back. much thrown. Hold me yeah. back. But, you know, you, you never know. Uh, now, if you're if you're just monitoring uh, Packers preseason sort of vaguely through social media, you've probably heard three main things over the course of uh, this training camp. One is Romeo Dobbs is the best player ever. Two is, oh my God, Romeo Dobbs is the best player ever. And three is Jordan Love seems to have taken some some pretty big steps in his improvement. What has Rodgers seen from his backup? Well, I mean, I, I've said it before. I, I think the practice reps are as important as, as the preseason reps. Preseason, you know, you want to be efficient. You want to look good. But there's almost an expectation of playing well because it's very limited defense usually. Now, we used to play Tennessee back in the day, and they played their starters. That was more of a game-like situation. And we usually got hammered our second and third teams playing against them. But um, it's it's a lot more vanilla on defense. So I think the practice reps, a day like today, you know, it's good film from the watch going against our one defense. Obviously, it's been very difficult for us uh, throughout training camp. So, But it just comes down to consistency with the fundamentals. When he throws the ball on time and in rhythm, he's been very accurate this camp. Um, it's just finding ways to be more consistent you know, every single time with those fundamentals. And, and it's been, you know, I feel like it's been kicking in for him. He's been playing well. And obviously from the minute that Jordan Love was drafted, there were parallels drawn between Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, the ages of Rodgers and Favre at the time of the draft, the trajectory of their careers, the uh, trajectory of, you know, what happens when you sit out a couple of years and have a chance to improve. And also a lot of the criticism. There were not a lot of people who were big fans of Aaron Rodgers, whether it's the what was it, the fan who asked uh, Ted Thompson about Aaron Rodgers taking the Packers to the toilet bowl, I, I think was uh, one of the initial reactions. I think Rodgers got booed at family night a couple of times when it was a whether or not Favre will be there. Love has gotten a lot of that as well. So how does Rodgers see the, the criticism and doubt that Love has gotten versus what Rodgers got 15 years ago? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think there's always pressure on a first-round pick. Uh the tracks are looking more similar by the day. You know, him being in his third year and me waiting behind Brett for three years. Something clicks in at some point, and the game slows down, and you and you make the plays that you know you're capable of making. And I look forward to watching him on Friday and and uh, and against the Saints as well. But the most important thing for a quarterback is that confidence, and the confidence comes from the consistency and the fundamentals and making plays in practice and feeling good about the offense and and all the things that are expected of you. But, you know, I think all of us come along at our own pace. I needed, you know, the years to get to where I was at. And whether the criticism was equal in 05 and 06 and 07 for me as it was for him, I don't know. You know, some of that uh, you kind of move past as you've had success. But um, but I'm excited for him uh, this preseason. I think he's had a really nice camp made some good throws, more consistent with his fundamentals, and and I, I hope he goes out and balls out.
That's Aaron Rodgers talking about Jordan Love in the upcoming preseason game Friday against the 49ers on 1250 AM The Fan, the Fan Afternoon Show. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll be talking a little bit more Brewers and how that Brewers trade maybe looks a little different today than it did yesterday. Obviously, it's something that's going to keep evolving throughout the course of the next couple of months. That's all leaning up to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show with Tim Allen that'll be coming up once this game ends. You are listening to 1250 AM The Fan. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. I, you you explain that, Sam. I'm not, I'm not I'm not taking it. Something good happened in the Brewer game. Brewers are now tied up in the bottom of the ninth inning. It's three to three after a Rowdy Tellez solo home run. Still no outs for the Brewers, so they could end up walking this thing off. But the Brewers are now tied again, looking to sweep the Rays. Bottom of the ninth inning right now. Once again, tied three three after the last pitch. Make the switch. Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show with Tim Allen coming up here on 12:50 a.m. The Fan. And and why is that the something good happened noise? Yeah, it's just when I started working with Rami, it's just uh, what he established. Uh, even before I started working with him, that's just when Tim Allen and him were hosting the show together. That's what they did for uh, good and bad things. The Peacock, though, thing, we changed it up because it used to just be a guy going, uh-oh. I think it was Tim Allen just going, uh-oh. So I changed it to the Peacock Sure. after sure. the uh, St. Peter's Peacock. Rowdy killed that thing. Yeah, dead center. So once again, Bruce tied up, and then once again after the last pitch, make the switch here on the fan to the Gene Wagner plumbing baseball post game show. But Scott, things are, um, it's been an interesting, obviously the past week with the Josh Hader trade. And obviously yesterday was just even more fuel to the fire. Yeah, Yesterday was, yesterday was a bit of an odd one as we're looking through a uh, bullpen right now and how important bullpen can be as the Rays just blew a lead. There was a, a little bit of everything in the Josh Hader trade happening uh, yesterday. And by the way, you want to talk about it, of course, uh, be, feel free to call in 414-677-1250. Again, that's 414-677-1250 or tweet us at 1250 AM the fan. But uh, yesterday there was something involving all three of the pieces. Uh, Josh Hader blew a save for the Padres and he, he blew a save ugly. There was walking in a couple of runs uh, that they ended up winning anyway in a Manny Machado walk-off home run. But Hader obviously has been struggling for the last month and a half or so. Uh, Taylor Rogers had a cortisone shot that ended up having with Matt Bush uh, being the one who comes in and, and got the save for the Brewers yesterday. I still think that Matt Bush is going to end up. I, when that first happened, I, I was, you know, it was a couple hours after the Hader trade, and you see them them trading a a uh, top twenty prospect for a what thirty six year old reliever. The initial reaction was, "What in the world is going on?" As that trade's gone, I, I actually think it's a good trade. I like the trade. I like what Bush is going to bring to the team. I like the stuff that he has and that he's under contract for or team control for another year after this year as well. But uh, that's technically not part of the Josh Hader trade. The third piece that happened yesterday, the forgotten guy, Denelson Lamette, who the Brewers DFA'd a couple days after the trade, pitched two scoreless innings for the Rockies. So it was a very odd day where there was some stuff that that was negative, I would say, for all three of those pieces, whether it's Hader, Rogers, or Lamette. And I got to say, if this is the new Josh Hader, what we've seen over the last month and a half, <laughs> this is going to be one of those trades that everyone looks back at as, oh my God, David Stearns did it again. 
oh my God, Mark Adonacio, the rest of Brewers uh, front office ownership, they were spot on. They were right. This is everything it was supposed to be. They got out at the right time and in a position with closer that can be extremely volatile. Now, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I think Josh Hader still has all the stuff that he had three months ago, all the stuff that he had three years ago. I still think he is probably the best reliever or at least the best closer in Major League Baseball right now. But it is a little easier to take if you're a Brewers fan looking at what happened with him. The Denelson Lamette stuff, I'm never going to understand it. I'm never going to understand how you make such a marquee trade, make a big point talking about how a part of it was to bring in two major league arms to your bullpen right away to give your bullpen more depth and more, more pop and then immediately ship him away. And it's not like they shipped him away and he he's hurt and he's on the IL for the Rockies. It's not like he's pitching poorly for the Rockies. Now, granted one game does not make an entire rest of the season or a stretch run, but it, when I, when I saw that, that was that part of the trade keeps looking worse. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, I know Stearns might have viewed it just as you know Taylor Rogers and two prospects for Josh Hader, and then Denelson Lamette was never really going to be a part of this. But at the same time, it just kind of angers me because although Estuary Ruiz could be a guy who contributes this season and potentially in the playoffs, why not just try to throw in a guy that the Padres you know aren't going to need like. A Will Myers and stuff like that. And hey, if you guys can pay, you know, majority, if not the rest of his salary for this year, like throw him in the trade and we'll gladly take Will Myers off your hands. But the fact that you got nothing aside from Taylor Rogers, who now might be dealing with an injury that he's been dealing with for months, hopefully it doesn't impact him for the rest of the season in the playoffs. But yeah, it just continues to look worse and worse. And although Hader did blow a save, I mean, look, it's it's a weird game sometimes with closers and you never know when the drop-off's going to happen. I don't think – I'm not saying that Hater's dropping off right now. Yeah, but. I, I don't think it's here yet, but it, you also can't ignore that it's not It's not he blew a save and it came out of nowhere. He's yeah. He's had a bad month and a half. Right. So it is weird, and now, of course, we see Devin Williams on the mound right now and was on was, was dealing with rest yesterday and Taylor Rogers. but, man, it's just, it's just one thing after another with this trade. And although Denelson Lamed is on the Rockies, it's just – you want to have guys, at least a number of guys that you can turn to, and I think the Brewers are still trying to figure out roles for the guys that they did acquire, especially in Matt Bush. But if somebody gets injured, I mean, having a guy like Denelson Lamette ready to go would have been nice. And although Aaron Ashby and probably Adrian Hauser are going to be going to that bullpen for the mm-hmm. postseason. And Hauser is pitching uh, he pitched yesterday, I think, a rehab. Yeah. Uh, he's got another one coming up. But wh- what do you think of the, the Matt Bush part of it? Because to me, obviously, that's a part of what ended up with – Lamette getting DFA'd. Mm-hmm. I don't think they knew they were going to make that move when they made the first hater trade. I realize this is kind of going a little off topic because it's not about the hater trade. It's about the one that came after it. But, yeah. you know, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. I, to me, the more I see from Matt Bush, the better I feel about it. Yeah. He had the opposite of what Lamette did, where his first uh, appearance with the Brewers was not pretty. No. Uh, and that, I think, sometimes can take a little while to, to get the taste out of your mouth. He's had a crazy path to get to the major leagues after being the first overall pick there's a reason he was the first overall pick he has the stuff yeah I mean when I saw that move late at night when the Brews did uh, trade for Matt Bush I was still you know upset about the hater trade but that brought a little comfortability I guess is the way I would say a little more okay because at the end of the day I wanted multiple bullpen arms at the trade deadline and then also add a bat and the Brewers technically did that with Esther Ruiz 
Um, but having a number of guys that you don't have to rely on Boxberger and Hobie Milner and all these other guys aside from Devin Williams, it's it's nice. You know, I think I don't. I hope that they don't keep doing what they did with Matt Bush. I know Devin Williams had, had just needed an extra day of rest, and Taylor Rogers had a cortisone shot, but. I like Matt Bush, you know, as my sixth, seventh inning guy, if that makes sense. Yeah, by the way, if you want to play your whatever sound effect thing it is, uh, now, now is the time. Uh, Devin Williams got uh, got a little help to make up for the Mike Brasso error a couple of days ago. Once again, uh, this is Shakira. And this is Rami. And apparently that means something good happened. In this case, it was uh, with uh, the Manfred runner on uh, second base. Uh, easy ground out to Rowdy Telez, who was able to throw the guy out at third. So it's now a one-out runner on first for the Rays, and the Brewers are suddenly in the driver's seat with the uh, the ghost runner coming up in the uh, bottom of the frame. Do you like the ghost runner? No. Really? No. I hated it when it first came out, obviously, because I'm kind of a traditionalist when it comes to baseball, but I've kind of grown to just to like it, especially when I'm at a game. I mean, the last thing I want is to be there for you know 16 innings. And trying to figure out. Yeah, know. and I think that's part of why I, I don't like it. I'm not necessarily watching every game, every inning. Because right. I, I get it. I get what they're doing with it. But uh, no, I, I hate the Ghost Runner. I hate uh, that there's a, G, a DH in the National League. I Anything that is a change is bad. <laughs> and then next year, we're going to be dealing with uh, no shifts. And I guess, uh, what's yeah, the other I, thing? I, I, well, I, eventually, I, Robo-Ums, too. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. All right, they're just running themselves into all sorts of trouble. All right, Brewers are getting out of trouble. So far, Victor Caratini just threw out a runner at second base trying to steal. So Brewers with two outs, nobody on base now for the Rays. Top of the 10th inning, and hopefully Devin Williams can get out of trouble. Only three pitches into this half inning so far. So very good job for Devin Williams so far. And once again, after the last pitch, make the switch here to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show. You've never had a Travin Brown deer call, have you, Scott? I don't believe I have. I think this is my first. Well, the beautiful thing about the new phones here at 1250 and the fans, we have caller ID, and uh, I can see that Trav is on hold. Trav, you're on the afternoon show. What's up, bud? Yeah, how's it going? You know, it's it's been a while, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, w- w- with the sports world, you know, work anyway. That's why I haven't been called. And then, but, yeah, it, uh, usually you get right on or somebody, you know, you'd be on hold. I don't know. Are you guys working on that? What do you mean? Yeah, I, I don't know because it seemed like – so uh, you're on hold, and uh, I don't know. It just like rings, 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 and well, usually some. Yeah, we're a little shorthanded, right? I mean, I'm, usually we have somebody right. behind the glass to help us out. I'm literally doing multiple jobs right now, so I'm trying yeah, to do my best, right. Trav. I apologize, but what do you want to talk I about? You. Here? I, I yep. love you guys. And, love you too. And I, you know, I don't see. I I think it's just a little. You know, after uh, Leroy went in, it's a little lethargic right now in the sports world with the uh, the Brewers, the way they're playing, Sam, and. Uh, Packers training camp, I think everybody's looking to see what they can, uh, you know, with the Packers, you know, you can't, it's a preseason game, but right now it's uh, just the sports world is not really happening. Yeah, it's just kind Uh, of what August is, but, you know, Brewers walk-off win here could change that. But uh, exactly, and uh, hopefully Serena, right, I mean, we do talk sports, Hopefully, can she get uh, get the record twenty fourth? You know, at the U.S. Open before she retires. Yeah, love I, you guys. Yeah, love you too, Trav. Take care, man. Yep. Bye. Yeah, because I uh, I definitely knew that was a thing because I follow tennis. 
It sounds like she's done in a month. I didn't know Trav Falls tennis. Now it just blew my mind. Yeah, What's going was... on? But yeah, um, that is uh, Trav and Brown Deer Scott. You never know what you're going to get. Devin Williams life. is really good. He is very good. Uh, Devin Williams gets out of the jam. Uh, once again, Brewers heading to the bottom of the 10th inning. Hopefully they can walk it off after the last pitch. Make the switch to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show with Tim Allen. But um, yeah, I mean... Look, I think I think we've gotten lucky with the news cycle the past couple weeks with NBA free agency and all the Bucks returning and Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Javon Carter, Wesley Matthews, and then a couple weeks after that we had the trade deadline. And not only was there a Brewers trade, but it just so happened to involve at the time the the leader in saves in all baseball, Josh Hader. So and second in saves, we Joe we ca- we kind of knew what we were getting. Yeah, exactly. We kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into with the news cycle here. Yeah, no, uh, just a, it is what it is. But uh, it'll be interesting to see in this game now. I mean, obviously, I. With the the ghost runner on second, you expect to score uh, anytime you go in. But, you know, what was it? The Yankees and Mariners, I think, went to 13 without scoring yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see how the bullpen is handled the rest of the way here when there are things like cortisone shots and tired arms and all that as they're reshuffling and figuring out their roles. And I believe Devin Williams just threw seven pitches in that inning. Right. So So could could he be back? On top I have of no that, idea because uh, it's also you're still trying to figure out his role. And if you're going to put him into a standard closer role, even though he only threw seven pitches, I don't know that I want him pitching a second inning. No. And on top of that, like Taylor Rogers, although he did have the cortisone shot yesterday, he himself said that he would be available for today. So I assume they want to be you know careful and don't want to push him too hard. But I assume Taylor Rogers could pitch if Devin Williams. I think I would probably throw him out there for a second inning. Um, and we'll see what happens. But. Yeah, I mean, oh, and hopefully they won't have to worry about it anyway. It's still right. You know. Do you think they're because lately you had the extra day arrest and all that? But do you think come uh, arbitration for Devin Williams that they're going to be kind of doing the same thing with Josh Hader? I think they're they ha- they verbally haven't committed to Devin Williams being the closer for a reason. I think it's just because of the future arbitration case and yeah. they can use it to their advantage. But I don't know. Yeah, I tend to think they'll still try to do the same type of idea of. Anything to drive down the price, and that's not that's not a brewer specific thing. That's just what arbitration is. Yeah, all of these teams across the NF, or not the NFL, across uh, Major <laughs> League Baseball, but also across uh, the NFL. It, right. As much as I was accidentally saying it, it's also true. I mean, it goes back to when uh, Jimmy Graham came to the the Packers. He came in part because he wanted the Saints to pay him like a wide receiver, and they were saying absolutely not. No. He was putting up wide receiver numbers when he was with the Saints. Yeah, it's just fascinating. I mean, we, we had Adam McAlvey on earlier today on the Bart Winkler show, and he was kind of giving his spiel on the Josh Hader trade. And, look, he, he said that you can be upset about this, but at the same time it's it's different because you have to look at it from a perspective of, like you were talking about, Scott, where the, organiza- where the organization is at um, financially and all that and how they have to approach going and trying to have it a chance at the playoffs every year. And I get it, but just such an interesting trade because we're really not going to know how this pans out until – Gasser comes up until Estre Ruiz makes an appearance hopefully this season but I mean Gasser it's going to be a couple of years but I just think it's always funny my like I said my my biggest pet peeve is when people try to figure out who won and who lost the trade wow Craig Council fired up all right but my biggest thing well, th- I mean this is this is a chance for them to yeah. to get the ship righted we talked yesterday before the the first game in the series of what would it take to to raise your confidence level what do you need to see from the Brewers and I think we both are on the same page of all it really takes is get a couple of wins yeah, and you're good. Well, especially when you have a weekend series against your division rival Cardinals and trying to get back on top of the NL Central. I mean, what better way to get back on track and get rid of that that you know little devil on your shoulder of 
you know, everybody being sad about Josh Hader being traded, then a two-game sweep against the Rays going into that weekend series, and then a big series after that against the L.A. Dodgers at home. So Yeah, yeah. and you get a chance to go into those two series now with not only a two-game winning streak, but with a walk-off win and extra innings if they can deliver. And it's going to be from the guys you want up there, too. It was uh, top of the order to start the 10th. They just intentionally walked Yelich, so it'll be uh, Adamus, Rowdy... McCutcheon? I don't know. Either way, it's the two, three, four hitters are going to be coming up. You, you'd you love to see the kind of energy that comes from a walk-off win uh, because this team and this clubhouse that's been one of their strengths over the last four or five years as they've been on this playoff run is their chemistry has always been electric, whether yeah. it was starting from Lorenzo Kane or the past year and a half once they traded for Willie Adamas, who's up right now. That has been such an important part of the success for the Brewers and that was why it was so disheartening to see the last week, not just the losses, but the mood in that clubhouse. I mean, especially to, oh, and here we go. Let's hear what Tim Allen has to say. That's the way to do it right there. <laughs> it is there a, you go. It is a final from American Family Field. Willie Adamas walks it off with an RBI single against the Tampa Rays in the bottom of the 10th inning. His old team. Yeah, there you go. Brewers end up getting the sweep. We will take a quick break, and after that, we will hear from Tim Allen. So we'll start. It'll, we'll start the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show here on 1250 AM. The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 